Well, Happy New Year to everybody. It's great to have you with us here today at Exponential 2022. Here we are. And uh, it's going to be a, a great year. And I want to welcome those of you that are here in the room with us, those of you that are watching online, as well as we begin this brand new series today called Win the Day. You know, William Osler is known as the father of modern medicine. William Osler was the guy that actually got the School of Medicine started at John Hopkins University. He had so many innovations in his lifetime that England actually knighted him for all of his accomplishments that he had. But yet William Osler said this. He said, you know what? I'm actually not all that smart. I'm not all that talented. I don't have a lot of natural gifts. And so he was asked, well, how did you get to where you're at then today? And he said, well, it has to do with when I was just a young man, I heard Thomas Carlyle speak. And in this speech that he gave, there were 22 words in that speech that forever changed my life. They're going to put it on the screen for you. Here's what he heard Thomas Carlyle say. Our grand business undoubtedly is not to see what lies dimly at a distance, but to do what lies clearly at hand. Look at that again. He says, we're not to like look at What's there at a distance? Don't look at that. Just concentrate on what lies clearly at hand. Now, 40 years later in 1913, Osler was giving a speech in uh, Yale University. He was speaking to the students there and he was telling them about how you become so successful. And he was talking about these 22 words that had changed his life. It had become this mantra that he'd lived his life by. And he summarized it and he said it this way. Osler said, I've learned to live in day-tight compartments. Now, that's a strange saying, isn't it? I've learned to live in day-tight compartments. Now, I have a friend, his name is Mark Batterson. Mark Batterson is the pastor of National Community Church down in D.C. And National Community Church actually is one of the churches that helped fund Get Exponential Church started 11 years ago. Mark, you may have heard of him before. He's written many best-selling books and, uh, you know, all kinds of Christian books. Many people have read it, millions and millions of copies that Mark has sold. And he decided to write a book last year that basically talked about how to live in daytight compartments, but instead of calling it daytight compartments, which is weird for us, he titled it Win the Day. That we simply need to learn how to win every single day. And so that's what we're going to do starting today is over the next seven weeks, look at seven habits that you can get into your life here in 2022 to help you win the day. And what you're going to do is you're going to accomplish more and you're going to stress a lot less. Now, let me give you a little bit of what we're going to talk about. Weeks one and two, we're going to talk about the past. Because did you know that studies have been done that show that like only about half the time you're actually thinking about what's currently happening right now, which is depressing for me now that I think about it because like half of your mind isn't even thinking about what I'm saying right now. Half the time we're thinking about either things in the past or things in the future. And since our minds are so negative, and we'll talk about that here in just a little bit, since our minds tend to go to the negative, that means we're dwelling on the past, the, the things that have hurt us in the past, and we're worrying about, stressing about the things that are happening in the future. And so what we're going to do here in weeks one and in week two is we're going to look at how do you bury those dead yesterdays? How, how do you get rid of those things? Weeks three and four, what we'll do through the series is look at how do you maximize the present day that you're living in? Weeks five and six, then we'll look at how do you do things today? How do you win the day today that's actually going to set you up for success in the future? 
And then in week seven, we're going to do this. We're going to look at how to live like you're going to live forever, but yet live like there is no tomorrow. That seems a little weird, but we're going to look at how to go about doing that. We're going to learn how to win every single day. Now, as we get started, I know some of you are saying, is this whole idea of winning the day even a biblical concept or not? I think it is. Let me give you a little quiz. I know first Sunday of 2022, you're like, we didn't sign up for a quiz on the first day, but you're going to get one anyway, all right? A little pop quiz for you here. This should be easy. A couple questions for you. The first one is this. Jesus in his model prayer, the Lord's Prayer, said, give us this day our, our daily bread. Don't ask for things for the future. He says, just ask for what you need today, when today. All right, how about this one? How often are we called to take up our cross? How often? All right, those of you online, they're not doing a good job. They're, they're still a little sleepy. They were out late for New Year's and everything. I understand. Those of you online, type it in the chat. How often are we supposed to take up our cross? And you guys shout it out. How often? There we go. All right, yeah, daily. You're to take up your cross and follow Jesus. How about this one? His mercies are new when? His mercies are new every day, every single morning. How about this? We're not to let the what go down on our anger. We're not to let the sun go down. Don't get to the end of the day and let the sun go down on your anger. How about this one? Don't worry about tomorrow, right? Because today has enough trouble of its own. Don't worry about tomorrow. Just worry about today. So we've got to learn how to win the day. And if you'll learn how to win every single day, just worry about today and then get up tomorrow and win tomorrow. If you do that two days in a row, guess what? You got a little winning streak going. You do that 21 days in a row, now you have a new habit going on in your life. So you got to learn how to win every single day. And this is the problem with New Year's resolutions. I've shared this with you in the past. Almost every year at the beginning of the year, I do something, you know, and we talk about New Year's resolutions a little bit. Problem with New Year's resolutions is it's a year-long resolution. You get overwhelmed by, can I do this for a whole year? And I shared with you last year, most New Year's resolutions are broken within the first three weeks of the year. People give up on it. Because again, the, the thought of doing something for a whole year, it's just so overwhelming. Let me ask you a question. Could you eat right today? Could you read your Bible today? Could you exercise today? I know it's hard, but <laughs> could you exercise today? Could you do that? Yeah. Could you stop that bad habit just for today? I'm not talking about for a week. I'm not talking about for a month. Just for today. Could you say, you know what? That bad habit that I've been wanting to kick, I could probably go a whole 24 hours without doing that. Could you make that commitment? Yeah. So every single day, just wake up and go, I'm going to eat right today. I'm going to exercise today. I'm going to read my Bible today. I'm not going to do that bad habit. Today. Whatever it is that you're trying to do as a habit to break a bad habit or get a new habit, whatever it is, just do it for today. Win the day. And then the next morning, wake up and do it again. Next morning, make a covenant with yourself once again. 
I'm going to win today. And next thing you know, that habit will have been started and you'll be able to look back at the end of a year and go, oh, I was able to keep that resolution this year. Not because at the beginning of the year, I tried to keep it for a whole year. I was just trying to keep it every single day. I won the day. So don't think about the past when you didn't do it. Don't worry about, can I do it all year long? Just win the current day. All right. So that's sort of the intro for the entire series. But I told you that the entire series is going to be broken up into a couple parts. So let me give you the intro now for these first two weeks as we're talking about how do we let go of our dead yesterdays. In 1840, just three years into her reign, Queen Victoria of England married a man by the name of Albert. Now, we still have her diary that we can read to this day. Let's just say they were really in love. As you read through this uh, diary, some things will make you blush, okay? This is Queen Victoria, but I mean, some of these things will make you blush about how in love they were. She actually didn't like kids, but yet they had nine kids together. So something was going on, all right? Everything was, everything was good between the two of them. But then 21 years into their marriage, Albert contracted typhoid fever and he died. And rightfully so, Queen Victoria went into a time of mourning. However, the problem was she never actually came out of that time of mourning. Every single day for the rest of her life, she had set up his bedroom basically as a shrine. And she would have the servants change the sheets on his bed every single day. He was dead. But every single day, the sheets got changed. Every single day, she had them set out a change of clothing for him. Every single day, she had him put out a warm basin of water so that he could shave. Every single night, she took his nightshirt and she held it tightly in her arms as she slept. For the rest of her life, Queen Victoria was never seen in public in anything other than the color black. And that's why she's known as the Widow of Windsor. She herself... She died on January the 22nd, 1901, but she stopped living on December the 14th, 1861, when Albert died. If you do the math, that's 14,283 days that she had stopped actually living, that she wasn't winning each and every day. Now, don't get me wrong. The pain of losing someone that you love is real and it hurts. But I share that story with you because we can't get stuck in our pain. And my fear is that's where many of you are at. Maybe not because of somebody that's passed away. Maybe it is. But so often we get stuck in our past. The, the things that people did to us in the past that hurt us, the mistakes that we made in the past that hurt us, we get stuck there. We don't ever really recover. We're not winning the day. And so Mark says in the book, we've got to learn how to bury our dead yesterdays. And so that's what we're going to do over these first two weeks. Today, we're going to learn how do you flip the script. Next week, we're going to look at how to kiss the wave. You're going, what in the world does that even mean? Well, let's dig into it. What does it mean to flip the script? Let me give you an example of this. 1934, Pastor Michael King, who was a pastor down in Atlanta, Georgia, in a Baptist church, he traveled over to Germany, and there was a big Baptist convention that was going on over there. And so while he was there, he actually was studying some history. And Michael King came across the, the story of Martin Luther, the, the great reformer, the one that got the Protestant Reformation started. 
And he got so inspired by Martin Luther's story that when he returned home, not only did he change his own name, but he changed the name of his little five-year-old son, little Mike Jr. And little Mike Jr. grew up and was always known as Mike to his close friends and family members. But yet, little Mike Jr. grew up to be who we call Martin Luther King Jr. Mike Jr. became Martin Luther King Jr., a new person, a new identity, so to speak. Cassius Clay, he became who? Yeah, Muhammad Ali took on a new name. Vin Diesel, Jamie Foxx, Whoopi Goldberg, Elton John, John Legend, Lady Gaga, none of those are their real names. Now, you probably could have figured out Lady Gaga, right? That that wasn't what her parents named her. But the other ones you probably didn't know, those are all stage names. People saying, here's who I was, this is my old name, but here's who I'm going to be now. They took on a new identity. In each of these cases, it was taking on a name for themselves. That here's the name I want to go by now. But did you know that in Scripture, God actually names people, He changes their name, He gives them a new identity? Yeah, somebody like Abram who becomes Abraham, Sarai becomes Sarah, Jacob becomes Israel, Saul becomes Paul. Jesus, he he loved to throw out some nicknames at people, right? He's like, James and John, you guys, you're the sons of thunder. That's what I'm calling you guys. Peter, I'm not calling you Peter anymore. I'm calling you the rock. I mean, long before, you know, uh, what is his name? Uh, Dwayne Johnson, before he became the rock, Peter was the rock. He had the nickname the rock. You're going, okay, what's that have to do with us and what does that have to do with winning the day? Well, look at what Jesus has to say. And he's speaking about heaven. This is in Revelation chapter 2, verse 17. Jesus says, to everyone who wins the victory, I will give some of the hidden food. I will also give each one a white stone with a, white, with a, a new name written on it. No one will know that name except the one who has given the stone. In other words, Jesus is giving you a new name. He's going to give you a new name. Here again, you're going, well, what's that have to do with winning the day? Well, you know, a major difference between success and failure in your life is what you identify yourself as, who you think that you are. You've got to ask yourself, what is the story I'm telling myself? Because if you're telling yourself the wrong story, then guess what? You're just simply living a lie in your life right now. Even if the story that you're telling yourself is true, that I was abused in my past, I was raped in my past, my my marriage fell apart, I made this mistake in the past, my, my family were a bunch of alcoholics, even if all those things are true, God wants to flip the script and give you a new name. He wants to give you a brand new identity. You see, the very moment you pray and you ask Jesus to come into your life, to, to be the forgiver of your sins, to be the leader of your life, the moment you did that, he gave you a fresh start, a brand new identity. You are no longer the old you anymore. Did you know that there are 270 names or attributes of God that are found in Scripture? We read that God is holy, He's righteous, He's pure, He's the creator, He's the provider, healer, protector, He's anointed, faithful, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And guess what? Those exact same names are the names that He's putting on you. He's giving you that name. 
that you are holy, that you are pure, that you are anointed, that you're a set-apart one, that you're an ambassador. He's given you all these names. That's how he flips the script. He's given you a new identity. So I want to say, as you enter into 2022 here, if your life isn't where you want it to be right now, consider perhaps that you're telling yourself the wrong story. You're stuck in the old story. You're stuck in your old identity. You're stuck in your old mistakes. You're stuck in the past just like Queen Victoria was stuck in the past. She was still living here on the earth, but yet she had given up on life many years before. So I'm here to say to you, it's time to flip the script. Now you're going, okay, how do you do that? How do you go about flipping the script? Well, let me suggest two things to you here. On your outline, the first one is this. I must tell myself a different story, a better story. You know, one of the problems with our memories is our memories get fuzzy as the years go on. Especially for us guys, right? We were much better athletes in our minds than what we actually were. As time goes on, those, those memories get a little bit fuzzy, and we don't remember things as they actually were. And that's the story of the nation of Israel. If you remember, God had delivered them out of Egyptian captivity. They had been slaves there for 400 years. That's all they knew was slavery. God delivers them out of Egypt. They, they part, you know, or he parts the Red Sea. They go through. They're now in the desert. They're a free people. God takes them to Mount Sinai. It's there that God gives them the law. And then from Mount Sinai, they were supposed to go to the promised land. Now, that should have been an 11-day hike, 11-day journey. But yet, how long did it take them? How many? 40 years. An 11-day journey took them 40 years. The math on that is 14,589 days longer than what it should have taken. You're going, what in the world happened there? Well, it's very, very simple. It took God just one day to get them out of Egypt, but it took 40 years to get Egypt out of them. You know, what in the world does that mean? They're out there in the desert. They're on this 11-day journey, and they start to complain. How many of you have been to the desert? You, you have, like out in the actual desert desert? There's nothing in the, I mean, it's what your mind would think. There, there's nothing out there. It's hot. It's miserable. It's a desert. It's dry. But yet God is providing water for them and he's providing food. That food was called manna. Literally this bread from heaven was coming to the earth every single day. And that's how they're eating. It's a miracle. But they start to complain. Look at Exodus chapter 16, verse 3. Here's what they say. If only the Lord had killed us back in Egypt, they moaned. There we sat around pots filled with meat and ate all the bread that we wanted. But now you have brought us into the wilderness to starve us all to death. Then look at Numbers chapter 11, verse 5. They say, we remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. We had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic that we wanted. Now think about this. The reason the food was free for them was because they weren't free. Does that make sense? When they were slaves in Egypt, yes, the food was free because they weren't. 
Israel's problem was the same one that we face, and that is selective memory. They were only remembering the free food that they got. They had forgotten all the other things, the horrible things, how they were being beaten and tortured. All they're thinking about is food, selective memory. And it's the same thing for you. If you're remembering the wrong things, it's going to imprison you. The nation of Israel, they were free the very moment the Red Sea parted and they walked across on dry land. That's when they were free. But it took 40 years for that truth to catch up to them. And so we've got to be more like Joseph of the Old Testament, who we've been looking at a lot here the last couple of weeks and months. Remember Joseph, all these things kept getting thrown at him, all these bad things. But he's like, what Satan has meant for evil, God's going to turn it around and he's going to use it for good, the saving of many lives. And so we got to stop complaining about the past. We got to stop making excuses. We got to start telling ourselves a better story. Now, let me give you an example of a, a better story. And you can adopt this for yourself if you want. For a rancher, his ranch dog or her ranch dog is the most important thing or one of the most valuable assets that they have. It's been estimated that a good ranch dog can do the work of 10 hired men in getting the cattle where you want it to be. What you may not know, though, about ranch dogs is if the current ranch dog is a female, what they'll do is they'll, after the, the, uh, the dog gives birth, you've got this litter of puppies there, right? The rancher will go through and find the smallest one, the runt of the litter, and tie a yarn around its neck. And then once 12 weeks are up, the rancher gets rid of all the other dogs except for the one with the yarn. Keeps everyone but the runt of the litter. Now, why would the rancher do that? It's very simple. The rancher understands that the runt of the litter that's been so much smaller than his older, or not older, but uh, uh, bigger and, and stronger siblings has to work smarter, has to work faster, has to work harder, has to be more determined than all of his other siblings or her siblings. And so the rancher stakes his whole livelihood on the fact that this dog is going to be smarter and faster and more determined than all the others. And what I'm trying to say to you today is this, make the dog story your story. That no matter how hard life gets, no matter what gets thrown your way, no matter what has happened to you in the past, make the decision that, you know what? Others may be smarter than me. Others may be, you know, better than me, have a better history than I do, better upbringing than I do. They may have more money than I do, but nobody's going to work smarter. Nobody's going to work harder than I am. Nobody's going to be more determined than anybody else in this whole world than I am that I'm going to win today. And whatever God has given me as a plan for my life, I'm going to work hard at it today. I'm going to fulfill it today. And then tomorrow I'll wake up and I'll do it all over again. And I'll wake up the next day and I'm going to do it all over again. And I'm just going to keep doing that. Nobody's going to work harder than me because God has given me a new identity. It's not about who I was. It's about whose I am. Paul said it this way in Ephesians 2.10. We are God's masterpiece designed to do the good things he planned for us to do and to live as he always wanted us to live. And this is why he sent Christ to make us what 
we are. Catch that there. The reason Jesus came is to make you what you are, to make you who you are. He came to give you a brand new start, a fresh identity. You are not your mistakes. You're not your past. You're not who other people say that you are. You are who Jesus says that you are. And he says that you are unique. You are one of a kind. You are his masterpiece. And you are created to do the good works that he planned in advance for you to do. And so number one, you have got to tell yourself a different story. You've got to tell yourself a better story. Number two, I must connect the dots between God's hand in the past and my current circumstances. I mentioned this earlier. 80% of all of our thoughts are negative. That's a part of the whole thing. of that We're not telling ourselves a very good story because we worry about things in the past, the negative thoughts about the past. We're depressed about the past. And then negative thoughts about the future. We're, we're worried about the future. We're stressed out about what's going to happen in the future. 80% is negative. And so if you're constantly telling yourself all these negative things, that this is the bad stuff that's going to happen, guess what? That becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Eventually it will end up happening. And so whether consciously or subconsciously, what we do is we'll justify our behaviors. We excuse our behaviors. We come up with things like, well, you know, that's just how God wired me up. You know, I've always been that way, or that's how I always do things. Well, you don't have to keep living that story. I mean, when you're saying things like that, let me ask you a question. How's that been working out for you? We've all heard the definition of insanity, right? Keep doing the same things over and over and over again and expect different results. We got to stop living that story. We got to stop with the excuses. We got to learn to connect the dots between God's hand in the past and my current circumstances. It is time to flip the script. I'll give an example of this, and we'll flip the script too. How many of you ever heard the story of David and Goliath? Heard that before? Those of you in chat, you heard that story, right? One of the most famous Bible stories that there is. Let me ask you a second question. Who was the underdog in the story? One person's ahead of me. Most people said David. Goliath was the one that was the underdog. Now, listen, Goliath was like nine feet tall. David's just this little shepherd boy. If they're going to get into a wrestling match, David's the underdog. If they're getting into a fist fight, he's the underdog. MMA battle breaks out. You know, David's the underdog there. But that's not what happened in the story. Read the story again. David, who was the run of the litter, right? All of his older brothers, they're off at war. David's like being told, no, you need to stay home and take care of your dad's sheep. You're too small. You're not good enough. David's taking care of the sheep. And while he's taking care of the sheep, he's learning how to protect the sheep by using a slingshot. Did you know that an average sized stone slung by an expert with a slingshot will travel the length of a football field in just three seconds? It's pretty fast. Goliath shows up to the battle. He has a 15 pound spear in his hand. Now, could he probably throw that pretty hard? Yeah, especially at close range. But what do you think is going to happen if he tries to throw that 100 yards? Not going to happen. I mean, guys can't even throw a football 100 yards, much less a 15-pound spear 100 yards. Even if he could throw it 100 yards, David easily would see that coming, right? It, it would take a long time. He'd be like, 
Oh, here comes the spear. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha, <laughs> miss me. <laughs> Try again. <laughs> but a little stone that's traveling 100 yards in three seconds, you're not seeing that coming. So yeah, if it was close quarters, Goliath would have been the, the one that would have been favored in that matchup. But it wasn't close quarters. <laughs> David, David had the upper hand. David knew that because of the skills he had learned, he could, he could win this battle. Because basically Goliath was bringing a knife to a gunfight. Basically, Goliath was a, a sitting duck compared to the speed and the accuracy and the distance David could sling a stone. Yet, that morning, before it all happened, everybody doubted David, including Saul. Saul's like, what are you doing here? You're just a kid. You're too small. You don't have the skills to be a warrior like the rest of us. You don't even have any armor on. But I want you to look at what, what David actually says. 1 Samuel chapter uh, 17, verse 37. David says, The Lord who rescued me from the claws of the lion and the bear will rescue me from this Philistine. What David is doing here is he's connecting the dots between his past and what God wanted to do right here and right now. In the past, David had been frustrated because he's like, I'm just sitting on the sidelines. I'm just tending sheep. But in that moment, all of a sudden it hits him. You know what? I've been using this slingshot for years to protect the sheep from the lions and the bears. And that was just God's way of preparing me for today. I want to say the same thing is true for you. That no matter what you've gone through in the past, good or bad, it was just God's way of helping to prepare you for what he wants you to do right now. How to win today. And so you can complain about your past, or you can say, okay, God, that was just a test to prepare me for what I'm currently going through. In other words, every single test that you go through can be a testimony in the future that you can go, look, this test that I did in the past, yeah, I had to go through that, but look at where I'm at today. Look how God used me today. Man, I'm glad I had to go through that test because that became my testimony of what God is doing in my life. Listen, if you don't learn how to connect the dots, then the nine-foot giants in your life, they're going to seem like giants. They're going to seem like these big obstacles. It's going to seem insurmountable. But if you start to connect the dots between the past and what God wants to do right here and now, those nine-foot giants in your life aren't going to look like giants anymore. They're going to look like nine-foot opportunities. That's what happened for David. He's like, wait a second. With the, the history, with, with what God gave me in the past, and with God by my side right now, that gave him the courage to charge at Goliath with a slingshot. He's like, with a target that big, how in the world could I possibly miss? He flipped the script. The nine-foot giant wasn't an obstacle. The nine-foot giant was an opportunity. It was an opportunity. Again, what I'm saying is this. Everything in your past has been preparation for something in your future. I'll say that again. Everything in your past has been something in preparation for your future. 
there's a, a story that's been around for many years. I see it at least once a year. It's a meme on Facebook. You'll see it going around. But it's about two, two twin brothers, and their father was an alcoholic. And the, the twin brothers, they, they grow up. And the one brother, he himself becomes an alcoholic. And when he's asked, why did you become an alcoholic? He says, because my dad was an alcoholic. The other twin brother, he grows up, becomes a very successful businessman, never touches a drop of alcohol in his life. And he is asked, how did you become who you are today? And he said, because my father was an alcoholic. Two brothers, same dad, same background, same past, same history, yet two completely different outcomes. They gave the exact same response because my dad was an alcoholic. One chose to, to wallow in that and say, I'm stuck. You know, that's just how it's always going to be. That's just who my family is. But the other took it and said, you know what? I'm going to flip the script. I'm going to do something different. This is actually an opportunity for me to make something of my life. And I want to remind you that you are a part of God's family. You're a part of God's family. And we can look back at our, our family history. And we can see people that God used in Scripture that he flipped the script for them. And if God did it in the past, he'll do it again. In other words, if he changed David and Moses and Peter and Paul, if he did it for them, he'll do it for you as well. And so as we enter into 2022, if your life isn't where you want it to be right now, again, consider maybe you've been telling yourself the wrong story. And here's what we need to understand. The explanations that we have in our mind, that we run through our mind about our past, is actually more powerful than what you actually experienced. That's how powerful your mind is. The story you're telling yourself about what happened in the past is more powerful than what's happening right now. And so you got to flip the script. you got to tell yourself a better story. Because if yesterday is history, then today can be his story. Yesterday is history, then today can be his, Jesus' story in your life. That he came in, he gave you a new identity, flipped the script, and you're forever changed. He's already given you that new identity. If you're already a follower of Jesus, he's already given you that. Now it's time to actually start walking in it. But don't think about walking in it for an entire year. Think about just today. Can I be who Jesus wants me to be today? Can I win today? Can I have the good habits today? Can I kick the bad habits just today? So flip the script and win the day. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that this is a new day that you have gave, given us and we should rejoice and be glad in it. We, so we do rejoice and we rejoice that we're in a brand new year and Lord, I know that this is the time of year that many people are thinking about, all right, how do I make some changes? How do I, I get a fresh start? Lord, I just pray that these things that we talked about today and the wisdom that we get from your word, Lord, has spoken to the hearts and the minds of people. And that, Lord, if 
the story that's going on isn't what they want it to be, that they could say, you know what, this is going to be a new year. I'm not even going to concentrate on a year. God, just help me to concentrate on today. Help me to live fully for you today. Help me to live holy today, to live pure today, to eat right today, to exercise today, to do the new habits today, to kick the old habits today. Father, when we think about that and we know that your Holy Spirit lives inside of us, it's actually not hard. We can do this because you're by our side and you're in us and working through us. So Lord, I I just pray that as this next week goes on, every day as we wake up, your spirit would remind us, first thing, as soon as our eyes open up, that this is the day that the Lord has made. And I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. And today I'm going to win this day. Jesus, I'm going to live fully for you with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, and all my strength. I'm just going to win today. Jesus, I look forward to at the end of 2022, as we look back, that so many people are going to say, you know what, all the tests I was going through, listen to my testimony now. Because I just won each and every day. And look at the change that happened. And Lord, I'm reminded, uh, your spirit is reminding me of a statistic that I shared last year, that if every single day we'll just become 1% better in some way, that that actually adds up at the end of the year, we'll be 37 times better than what we currently are right now. Lord, again, it's going to start with just every single day. What, how, can I, how can I win today? So help us to do that. Help us to do that through the power of your Spirit. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.